It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I am joined by my friend, Alex. I'm going to try it. Enfiegian. Is that Whoa, right? Oh, you did nailed I, it. Did I get you it? You nailed it. You en- straight up nailed it. Enfiegian. I've been working on it. I've been working on I was like, I'm going to get this for this introduction because I, I, it's a good one. Three but I will tell practice. you, every time I've had to write it, I've had to look at it to see to make sure that I got the I's and the E's and the the D's and the J. You have a lot of letters in your last name. Again. Yeah. I was talking to Jenny uh, McGrew on my podcast yesterday, and she was yep. like, you should just go by Alex E. And I was like, I think I might. Yeah. No, you you want to make people work for it. You got to make, make people work for it. And it's nice having a hard last name because you know when telemarketers are calling. You can, they, they clearly, they clearly butcher the last, they get, they get squires wrong all the time, which I'm like, it's, it's phonetic. That's this, hilarious. This should, this should not be hard. Uh, hey, tell us about you. Tell us about Alex and all things Alex Enfiegian. I'm going to work that in as many times as I can. Okay, you keep doing that. <laughs> um, I am a Los Angeles native. Um, been serving the Lord since I was uh, 18 and uh, been around the world. Literally lived in Russia for two years as a missionary. Actually met and married my wife over there. She was in the ministry with me. And was a youth pastor, worship leader, blah, blah, blah. I, I, my most recent role was worship pastor at a very large church here in Los Angeles. I'm still in that role, but it's shifting slightly. And I also run worship ministry training, which is an online academy for worship leaders with you know courses and resources and live trainings and blah, 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 Zoom calls and all that. So that's me. And I just uh, love to encourage people and build people up. So I'm excited to hopefully do that today uh, for the listeners who are on your podcast. Yes, yes, I you're gonna do it. I promise. You're, 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 I'm excited to hear what you have to say uh, as we kind of jump into. Uh, we've been talking about expectations this month and um, team, t- what it what it means, and I think it's one of the biggest things that can cause drama and problems on teams is if you're not clearly communicating what you're ex- expecting from people. Um, and so, with that, like, let's talk about it. Like, in your opinion, why why is clarity in communication? Uh, important when leading a team. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and I, I stole this from someone smart. I don't remember who, but <laughs> I think that like clarity and providing clarity is the leader's primary job. Like the number one job of the leader is to provide clarity for the people who are trying to follow them. Because if it's unclear for the people, they won't know which direction to go. And like you mm. and I kind of joked about it before we hit record, but like you provided clarity to me for this podcast. You led me well. You're like, here's the questions, here's the time, click this link, see you there. You know, like you gave me, you set me up for success. Yep. And you did that by providing clear direction. And I think it's the number one thing that leaders are supposed to do is to say, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and this is how you can be successful. And if you can answer those three questions for each of your volunteers, then they can actually be successful. You don't wanna make it hard for them, you don't wanna make them guess because then they're going to be out of alignment and you're not going to move anywhere. You can't move a group of people anywhere if they're out of alignment, right? 
And for some reason, the Israelites wandering through the desert without the law kind of like came into my mind. Like if there was no clarity and direction from Moses or from the Lord, it's like they're going to go in 18 different directions. And they did anyway, even with clarity, right? Even with clarity, it's still like herding cats. But yeah, providing that clarity is like the the most important thing you can do for your ministry, for your team. And it, it, you know, it goes to like, what are the vision and values? What are the expectations of a volunteer? Um, You know, like, everything like how do you get in the the what's the code to get into the back room or whatever it is you know what i mean all of that stuff should be clearly defined for people so that they can actually enjoy showing up and just serving right and i think it's important to rem- remember that we're dealing with creatives on a lot of levels mm-hmm. and so like it's it's not we don't we don't necessarily like we need sometimes need more reminding when on 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 expectations because because of just the nature of who we are and, yeah. you know, you have the tech team, which is going to be not necessarily the creatives and then your creative team. Like there's going to be, there's going to be, there's two different personalities that we're dealing with. And so, um, laying those out clearly is a, is a great, uh, I love the, I love you know, bringing in the, the Israelites and that, that was a great, that's a great conversation there. Yeah. Um, and can I just add like, please, yeah, what you said is very important. It's not just a one and done thing. It's like, okay, I told them once or once a year, it's literally like, baking it into every single aspect of your communication. You're like reminding them before you pray as a team, you're reminding them one-on-one when somebody kind of goes astray, so to speak. Right. Or when, when somebody kind of like stops doing what they're supposed to do, you have those one-on-one conversations, you have the group conversations, you have the team meetings, you bake it into your emails. It's repetition, 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 because like culture leaks, vision leaks, values leak. And it's like a leaky bucket. You have to keep filling the bucket. And if you don't, eventually the bucket will be dry and there will be no vision, no direction, no clarity. You have to say it all the time. And you have a different team every week, usually. Like, well, most churches have like a rotation of musicians, right? Yep. So like they're only in that seat once a month or twice a month. It's like they need to, you're thinking about all the time, but they're not. And so we need to repeat the expectations and the values and all that stuff like constantly. So I would say to the listener, just ask yourself, are you repeating it enough. And I heard it said again by someone else smart, like when you're tired of saying it, they're just hearing it. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's the why let's talk about the how, like, how do you, how do you communicate? How do you communicate with your team? What is expected? Like you said, you mentioned uh, not just doing, the, I mean, we talked about the not just doing the one and done, but I mean, are regularly having this conversation, but like, how, how would you say is a good way um, to go about making sure that we're doing this on a regular basis? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, I mean, like I said, in bake it into everything you can. But like when you're bringing on a new team member, that is the best time to shape them into the type of team member you want them to be. I call the onboarding process like it's like a pressing machine. It's going to squish them this way and that way until they fit the mold, so to speak. I mean, obviously, everyone's an individual, but it's like your onboarding process is that vital, pivotal time where somebody comes in as a completely blank slate. They have nothing stamped on them yet. And you get to say, this is what we do. Like you could literally tell them. I think I said this in one of my courses, like you could literally tell them bring I every volunteer brings ice cream for the whole team every week. That's just what we do. And they would believe you. Right. Um, they, they don't know what's normal. Like they don't know what's what is expected. And so if you tell them that, like they'll be like, oh, OK, that's kind of weird. But all right, I'll start bringing ice cream every week. Like you can tell them anything you want and they will say, OK. And so you want to use that time really well to you know, squish them into the type of team member you want them to be. 
in that onboarding process. And you do that through documents. You do that through one-on-one conversations, like when they first audition, like you just set that table, so to speak, constantly. Um, but uh, you also need to like have that conversation, you know, like once a year at um, the annual team meeting. So if you're not doing an annual team meeting, definitely start to do one. Um, and you know, you do it at like the monthly trainings or the, you know, quarterly trainings or whatever, whatever rhythms you have in your ministry, which is a whole other topic. Um, you should be talking about like one aspect of those things, you know, all the time. Or even if you text your team after the, the service is over and you're like, Hey, here's the live stream link, check it out. Really great. And then just bake in something from your values. Like I loved how passionately you guys worship today or your service to the Lord, blah, 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 or whatever you're, you know, you're trying to reiterate. You want to just pepper it into everything. What are, um, what are some ideas of expectations that I should be communicating? Like mm-hmm. if I'm, I know this can be different for everybody, but like, what are, when you, when we talk about communicating our expectations, what are some things that, uh, cause that, I mean, oftentimes you know, there's the term unspoken expectations, which is, which is what tends to bring the drama, but like, what, what are some things that like, in your opinion, like I should be communicating to, uh, to everybody? Yeah. I mean, you talked about, cause mo- you talked about documents and stuff. And so yeah. that's where I was curious what, what, what your thoughts are on, on the, what? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's the moral expectations, like we are worshipers. And so like, we do not post naked pictures of ourselves on Instagram or, you know what I mean? Like, which obviously like probably some of us have dealt with that. Maybe not like not naked, but you know what I'm saying? Like I've had a couple young female team members over the, in the past 10 years that it's like, wait, what are you posting online? You know, like, uh, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. So, um, like moral expectations of like, we are worshipers. And so we live trying to please the Lord. I always say we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking that you're progressing and you're progressing in your holiness, right? Because nobody's perfect, but like we should see that you're, you're attending church when you're not scheduled and you're, you know, like growing in your prayer life or you're growing in your scripture reading or you're daily in the word or whatever. Like, I mean, the, the spiritual side is, should be iterated what you want from them. And also the negative side of that, like, we don't drink on our team. Like we don't, I mean, everybody has their own opinion about that, but I'm just saying like, that's yep. an example. Like our, we don't drink. We don't, you know, if, you know, if we see you out like partying, like on your social media, like we're going to have a conversation about that, you know? Um, so the moral side and then the, the practical side of like, we expect you to respond to planning center requests within 24 to 48 hours from when we send them. And if you're going to cancel, here's what you're supposed to do, you know, like try to either some teams it's like, try to replace yourself or other teams. It's like, let your team leader know. Um, and then, um, you know, stuff like we expect you to be on time to rehearsal and here's dress code, like literally having like a document where you have like examples of pictures of like, this is appropriate dress for Sunday. Yep. And this is appropriate dress for our Thursday service, you know? Um, and then even stuff like, which is a huge one preparation. Like we expect you to prepare your parts at home. Rehearsal is when we put it together. Practice is what you do as an individual, So, um, yeah, all of those types of things need to be communicated because you can't expect what you don't request. You know what I mean? Like you have to request what you want for people to know what to give you. And so, yeah, you got to just paint the line in the sand and say, this is it. Let's do it together. We're all doing this together. And then making it like, like I said, it's not like, um, 
an abnormal thing. Like this is a totally normal thing. I always tell our, our team team members when they're coming on, I say, Hey, feedback is a huge part of our culture. Like we all give each other feedback, like, Hey, you did great here. And it's, we always try to be encouraging. And then it's like, if we see an area where we want you to grow, we're going to tell you, you know, like, yep. and it's totally normal. Don't be freaked out. Don't be offended. We do it with everybody. People do it to me as the leader. I'm open to feedback. If you see anything I can do better, please tell me. And you just like make it normal. Whatever you make normal will be normal. And so, yeah. I love it. I love it. You talked a little bit about bringing on a new volunteer, but if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm bringing somebody new into the conversation, um, is it like, come on in and then wait till the next time we talk about expectations or are you, you're, you're communicating the expectations as, as, as they onboard and how, and how are you doing that? Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have their own training process. Um, for me, uh, when I'm like, I think auditioning is more like interviewing. Like, I want to know who you are. I want to see, you know, do you fit, you know, like, so I, it's basically like an introduction you're introducing yourself to them and you're also introducing them to the team culture, the team dynamic. So, so even in that very first conversation, kind of painting a picture of like, this is what it's like to be part of our team. This is what our vision is. These are our values. Like this is who we are. You don't have to go into super, super detail because you don't even know if they're going to come onto the team. Right. Um, but it's just kind of that introduction and trying to figure out like, should I even audition this person? Should we even do the musical assessment portion of the audition? Right. And I have a whole course on auditioning and everything. So I, I don't call it an audition, audition. I call it like an interview. And then there's a musical assessment. And it's like, I, I do that because it's like, you're, you're starting to see where they're at so that you can give them feedback so that you can coach them because nobody's perfect. So you, your, your job is to just help them grow anyway. So once you do that musical assessment, that's when you lay it on them. Like if you see like, okay, they've got the heart, they've got the, the cultural fit and they've got the musical fit. I'm going to lay on all the documents and lay it all out. You don't do it like right up front. And then after that, um, you uh, schedule them for some training. Uh, and so they're, they're around the team, but they're not playing yet. And they're just around observing. They're around getting a vibe. And like the, the cool thing is when you do this right and you, you know, form each team member into the kind of person that you want and you're constantly keeping the temperature of the team the way that you want it. Then when new people are added to the team, they they just by osmosis become part of that culture and they yep. start to act that way, too. Um, and so, yeah. So so anyway, the trainings help because they're just observing and they're there around the team, listening to how the team talks, just getting a vibe and standing awkwardly in the corner as you try to like, hey, come on, come on. Like, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? So anyway, those are some thoughts. No, totally. And I think I mean, a lot of it's like. um People actually thrive with boundaries. They thrive with they thrive when there's something around them where they know they know how to respond and where to go. It's not just this like open season, open free space. It's like I know I need to know when I walk in what everybody wants to know what's expected of them when they walk in the room. And so I love that. Um, what if someone is listening today realizing they've never specifically communicated what they expect from their team? Like what what should they be thinking about? <clears throat> excuse me, what should they be thinking about how, um, about how, about how having that conversation, what should they be yeah. thinking about? Like taking a step forward and like, I've never done it. And so like, do I just start doing it or do I, you know, do I have a team night where we talk about everything or like, what would be a good place to start this conversation if I've never done it? Yeah. I love your questions. You have really great questions. Oh, thank you. Um, 
So because you're you're thinking like the person listening, which is yep. a good in- interviewer. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've never done any of this. I just want to encourage you. Like, it's OK. It's better to start late than to never start. So, like, it's OK. You are where you are. God has you. God has you where you are. You're hearing this. You're realizing you need to do better. Praise God for all of that and just say, all right, I'm going to do this and it's going to be bumpy and I'm going to figure it out as I go. So give yourself a little bit of grace, I'll say first. Secondly, you just have to start. And what I would say is like have a team meeting. First of all, kind of get some of this stuff figured out in your head, you know, Um, and I don't want to like plug the academy too much, but I actually have like a vision values onboarding doc template that you can get in the academy and you can work through it and create all of these materials. It'll help you think through this process. Um, So, so once you have it figured out, like this is what I want to build with my team and these are the expectations, then you have to call a meeting and guy and say, Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I like, I have really failed as a leader. And that is the first thing you say, because when you say that all the walls come down and, and, and you're like, you're owning it, you're owning your like, that you messed up that like you, I mean, you don't want to like completely beat yourself up, but just, just say that, Hey guys, I just want to apologize. Like I realize that I haven't been doing a good job creating clarity around the expectations of our team. I totally own that. And I would just want to apologize. And I say, moving forward, I want to do better. And so this meeting is about starting that process. And I really need you guys to go on this journey with me and help me figure this out. Because we want to be a healthy team. We want to be a this team. So you have that little speech. You kind of explain your, you know, vision, values, expectations, whatever. And then say, guys, let's do this together. Help me refine this. Let, you know, any questions, any. And most people on the team aren't going to give it much feedback at all. They're just like, okay, cool. Um, And then and then now comes the hard job of just repeating, having those hard conversations, um, you know, just baking it into all of your communication, putting it on the walls in your whatever back room area, just go for it. And you will see progress, but it's not going to be overnight. And healthy cultures take time to build. And so those would be some thoughts if you're uh, listening and realizing you need to start, just start. Now, um, I'm going to ask the hard, I'm going to ask a hard question. What, um, what do I do if, people aren't meeting the expectations all right like, like this is i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you and you get to answer it and i don't i'm gonna whatever you say here but i don't uh this is not the it's not a fun it's not a fun it's not a fun question but it's something as a leader we have to deal with and um actually you know it's that time when you have to kind of um, you know re-explain the expectations but like what if i'm dealing with somebody i'm thinking right now uh you know somebody's listening to the podcast going i've, I've explained it and it's not clicking like, and there's, we're having problems on the team, but you know, if I have, if I say something, I may not have a drummer and that's going to be a hard, a hard thing to not have a drummer. Do I deal with the problems? And so I can have a drummer and like, like those are the, these are the things we all deal with, but what are your thoughts on, um, yeah. on how well, to handle that? Yeah. Thank you. There's two parts of that that I feel like I want to address. One is like, well, if I, if I do say something and then I won't have a drummer, that's a big real problem that I want to talk about. The yeah. other part of the question is like, um, just how do you have those conversations? So I want, I want to deal with that drummer dilemma. Uh, and I know that's just like, you know, it's like it covers m- multiple instruments, obviously. Yeah, it just, it's just the one we, everybody picks on the drummer, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but here, here's the truth, right, Jason? Like if we go back to what Jesus actually wants for our team, 
um, which is like spiritual growth, spiritual fruit, spiritual, you know, whatever. If, if that drummer, okay, let, first of all, if that drummer is like literally like a heathen, a pagan, and he's like doing bad stuff that you know about, and you're like, but I need a drummer. No, you don't. Okay. Jesus yeah. will be more honored by you not having that drummer on stage than by having a drummer just so you sound like a band on the album, right? It's like Jesus does not care if it's a spiritual issue and it's a literally like he's in sin or she's in sin or whatever. You address that because you're a pastor, you're a shepherd, you're you're the protector of God's flock and do not let, you know, wolves in among the sheep, right? And a bad apple will spoil the whole bunch, by the way. So um, you have to deal pretty swiftly with like sin issues on your team. If it's more of like, a, oh, he's always late or she's always late or this, you you need to also deal pretty swiftly, not like harshly, lovingly. Jesus always spoke with grace and truth, right? So we have to have both. And he gives us a billion shots at things. Like he doesn't just like chop off our head the minute we mess up. But he does lovingly t- call us up to a higher standard. And we have the choice as believers whether or not to, you know, go with him where he's leading us. And the same thing is true with your team. So if you've got someone on your team who's like, they're not hitting the standard, you have to talk to them about it. Not publicly, not in front of the whole team. Um, I mean, if if half of your team is late one, sur- one Sunday or whatever, you can say to the whole team, like, hey guys, like we just need to, we need to remember that we need to be on time. And here's why. You always want to explain why yep. you're asking them to do what you're asking them to do. Because if they don't get why, then they're, it doesn't like connect in their brain. So anyway, privately pull that person aside and just have conversation with them. You know, put on your big boy, big girl pants and just say, hey, like I noticed this, what's going on? And I, I really need you to grow in this area because, and then again, give the why in that private conversation. So, so okay, that's a lot of different thoughts about. Totally, no. Uh, so let, what were you going to say? You're good. No, get going. Uh, okay. The other question that I was going to answer was, um, regarding to, um, how do you have that conversation? I guess I kind of answered it. Right. So, but I, I, I guess what I want to say is you must protect your team. And I said this at uh, a conference that both Jason and I were at the worship innovators conference, which everybody listening should go to next year because it was so good. Absolutely. Um, I said, culture is created by what you celebrate and what you tolerate. So if you celebrate the good things and you cut out the bad things, then you're going to have a really healthy environment. But if you let the bad things fester and grow and you tolerate all sorts of behavior that you know you shouldn't, you are ruining your team for everyone else. So you must protect the culture of your team. And you do that by calling people to the back to the expectations and standards that you've set out for the good of everyone. So I want to go back to something you said about um, your why. And I think that's a, it's an important statement because if I come, if I come to somebody, excuse me, excuse me, if I come to somebody and say, uh, you know, this is wrong or this is happening, like their immediate response is going to be, you're picking on me. Like it's you coming at me. But if you come and say, why, especially if the why is referring back to your values mm-hmm. and back to your expectations, you're not the one actually saying it. Like it's coming from, this is the team. This is who we are. And um, I'm a firm believer in, in all things is of understanding your why and why you're doing it. Why, why it exists, you know, life's too short to just do things, to do things. And it's like, 
if we if if we don't understand the why into why things are um taking place then we're just kind of like existing on a planet as opposed to being intentional about who it is or what it is that we're doing and why it is we're doing and so mm-hmm. i love that i love i love those thoughts what are you um what uh what are kind of, do you have any more thoughts on expectations with teams do you have any more things you wanted to throw in there i feel like we covered a lot of important topics that people will spend the next year working on, <laughs> you know, totally. it's not, yeah, I think, I think there's probably some more rattling around back there, but it's not worth sharing at this point. It would be totally. information no. overload. Yeah. I love it. No. And I, um, you meant, I'm glad you said that actually, because, um, it's important to realize that these, these kind of things don't just flip the switch on, on Sunday. And it's not a, it's not a like go go back and everything's going to work. Like these are um it when you look at a team that is doing things well, they didn't do things well on day 1. And they're you know it's a, it, we're all in process and we're all understanding step into whatever it is that we're looking at and um so encouraging people just to take take the um take the moments to just like take a little bit out of what Alex said today and just not not try and go implement everything tomorrow, but like over the course of a season, um, implementing these things is a, it's a big, big scenario. Um, so we call our podcast the table and, uh, the table is we eat good food at the table. And, um, I also believe that good conversation happens around good food. Uh, you know, if you're going to have a team night, it's important to have food. Like if you're going to, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it, it kind of breaks down that call. Everybody likes to have food in their hand when they're, when they're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm coming over to the Enfiegian house, see what I did there? Enfiegian. So There's so many syllables in there. And the Enfiegian house, like what 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 would you be putting on the table for dinner? What is what yeah. is your I love that question. I uh Jason am horrible at cooking. I burn everything I cook. I am <laughs> I am a joke of a cook. It is not my skill set. I a, that's an okay. excuse. That's an excuse because of course you can learn how to cook. But like if your wife is a good cook, then why do you need to learn how to cook? Anyway. So um I would probably not cook anything for you, Jason, but my wife would. And she uh grew up in the Soviet Union, so she was born and raised in Uzbekistan. So we would probably have something um, from that region of the world, uh, probably like borscht soup with some like toast or uh, borscht is like this bright red beet soup. And it's actually really good. Like it looks like bloody, like, you know, really vividly bright red, but um, it's delicious. Uh, Or like cabbage, uh, steamed stuffed cabbage wraps with like meat and like rice and herbs and like ground beef or whatever, ground something. And then in a cabbage wrap thing with some delicious red sauce on top something like that that sounds delicious it is good it's very good i'm very blessed man yeah i I love that you i love that you know your space you're like i don't (laughs) i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna let her do it i'm gonna let her take care of it i can do sandwiches and like sometimes eggs (laughs) sometimes (laughs) not all the time when i get lucky when i get lucky and it works how about hey, you? What do you what do you good at? Oh, dude, I'm a I'm a huge smoker fan. Like I'm I throw meat on the smoker, and COVID actually made me made me like in learn how to cook better. Because nice. um, I'm like you have to be home all the time. You might as well enjoy it. And so um, I got, I bought a new barbecue and a new smoker, and they both they're on all the time. And we're you know I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and uh, looking forward to you know throwing throwing a turkey out there or like all the things. 
If it doesn't get cooked outside, my wife's doing it because I don't cook inside. I cook outside. She she cooks inside. And um, we always try and get as much as we can out there. And like, let's cook it. Let's smoke it. Let's and then bring it in. And then um, so, yeah, that's us. That's us. Sounds good. And I think one thing that we do also that's different than maybe some people, we have a drink fridge in our garage that we literally just call it the drink fridge. And it's always stocked full of every anything you want you go out there and our friends know like when they come over they just walk into the garage and there's all different sorts of beverages in the in there for them to for them to have it's uh something that we started doing a while back and i have one in my office like everywhere i go it's like there's just you, you walk in and there's there's a lot of beverage of choices to, nice. to, to take so um so hey how do we connect with you tell us about um worship ministry training and all the things like what are, how can we connect with Alex and Fiegian? Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, we try to be wherever we're starting to try to be wherever people are. But the number one place I would point people to is worshipministrytraining.com. It's long, just like my last name, worshipministrytraining.com. Um, and, you know, uh, on Instagram, it's at worshipministrytraining. I'm finally starting to post more there. Um, and YouTube, same thing. So anyway, yeah, I'd love to connect, love to encourage, you know, we have a mailing list that gives, you know, kind of free summaries of what we're teaching out every month or every couple of weeks. So wherever people are, we want to be encouraging them because ministry is hard and, you know, we're there. So worshipministrytraining.com is the, the best spot to go. I love it. And do you have, you mentioned uh, documents and stuff in the training process. Do you have examples that people can look at? and things that they can see um, of like ways to communicate some of these expectations? Yeah. So if they go to uh, the website, worshipmistertraining.com and click on the free resources tab, um, there are lots of free documents they can download. Awesome. And it also puts them in an email sequence where there's like 15 different, like super practical training emails slash, you know, even like downloadable documents that they can use. And then we have a, an academy, which is like way more in depth, which is like 10 courses and all a whole bunch of other documents and document templates and audition process, um, team training uh, videos for your worship team that you can send to your guitar players, your bass players, your drummers. So, I mean, basically my, my job is, or my goal is to give a worship leader everything they need, everything they need, the training and the tools to build a thriving, healthy, vibrant worship ministry. That's what we do in the Academy. Awesome. And if you are listening to this while you're driving and you missed that, um, I will include that link in the dry, in the show notes. So when you click on it, you, the, the link will be there for you to kind of get out to that resource page so that it's not, you don't have to, don't be writing it down while you're driving. That's never, don't do that. Anyway, don't so, do that. Don't do that. Anyways. Hey, guys, I just appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, Alex, I appreciate your time today uh, hanging out with us as we just can continue these conversations on uh, how to be better at what we do and how to be better uh, in this process. So I appreciate it, man. Thank Thanks you. Great. Thanks, Jason. No worries. Hey, guys, we will see you next week.